I realized that the bigness of what I felt around financial anxiety was not just my own. On this week's episode of Tune In with Marcy, I'm exploring ancestral healing. I share a personal story of how I connected the dots to ancestral wounds in my family with money and how I started healing them. What is ancestral healing anyways? How ancestral healing impacts our own healing? Why we need both personal and ancestral approaches to restore our health and one step you can take towards ancestral healing right now. I'm Marcy Moberg, and this is Tune In with Marcy, a podcast devoted to exploring what it means to reconnect to our intuitive nature. Hey there, and welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, intuitive coach and healer, Marcy Moberg, and I'm delighted that you're here today. We are continuing uh, in my series focused on ancestors, and today we're going to talk about ancestral healing. Becoming a solo entrepreneur in my life brought me unexpected opportunities for ancestral healing. I never thought I had quote-unquote money issues. In my previous tenure job where income was predictable and steady, I honestly operated on like autopilot with most of my finances. So that changed for me because when I left my nine to five to run my own business, how money flowed to me changed. The frequency, the amount, how that worked. And I learned that there were seasons So times when people were more likely to invest in my products and services and times of the year when people were more cautious with their money. I faced periods of financial insecurity, particularly in my early years. Periods in my early years of my business where I wondered how would I pay my rent or buy groceries. And a large period of time where I went without health insurance And then I just like crossed my fingers, hoping that I would make it to the other side, you know, unscathed, not in tons and tons of medical bills debt. So in other words, I I realized that I couldn't operate on autopilot anymore, and I needed to be on top of my finances every single day, week, month of the year. And if my income coming in dropped, I was responsible for bringing it back up again. So as I recognized the stress that these fluctuations brought on, I I recognized it was time for some inner work around money. And I did this like very early on, like I would say within, you know, immediately within the first year of business, I started doing inner work and I examined my personal beliefs about money and, and what needed to shift around that. I practiced seeing money as a person and relating to money in that way and, and, recognizing the natural ebb and flow of any relationship. I explored the inner children and parts of me that felt scared by financial uncertainty. And I set up systems to track my money more closely and then put bits and bits away for the kind of emergency dry business seasons. So really setting aside on a consistent basis funds that could get me through you know, dry periods when they happened either expectedly or unexpectedly. But even despite all of that, over the years, I noticed something. Despite inner healing around my personal money wounding and exploring my family's money beliefs, something still was not clicking. 
And every time I launched and enrolled people in a new program, I experienced intense anxiety sometimes. And this anxiety would build as the final days of enrollment closed in. This looked like spinning thoughts about my worthiness, my ability to pay my bills, and inevitably really intense fears that eventually money would run out. And I felt like the sense of if I wasn't careful, I could end up homeless. And these spirals would just build and then start to gently and then intensely over time disturb my sleep. And I had a huge array in my, of, of options and tools and resources in my toolkit at that time to draw from. Meditation, journaling, intuitive practices, uh, nervous system support, somatic exercises I'd learned to bring my nervous system back to center. I did all of them, all the things that I knew to draw from. <laughs> I increased my herbal intake to address bubbling up symptoms from my chronic illness. I even looked at detailed spreadsheets I created to track my money to prove that I was not going to lose the roof over my head and to inform different financial decisions if I needed to pivot over the coming weeks amidst like, you know, lower income than what I was expecting. So in other words, despite my self-awareness, my self-soothing, my self-care and my rational number crunching, money still made me extremely anxious at times. And I'm no new kid on the block to shifting deep patterns of myself. I've done that for a long time. It's something I'm personally passionate about in my inner work. And it's what I do every single week with other people, with my clients. So that's why I knew that there was only one reason this anxiety remained. Ancestral healing. So let's talk about what is ancestral healing. First, I want to break down these two rules. I mean, two, two rules, what am I saying? There's no rules. Let's talk about, I want to break down these two words. That's what I want to say. <laughs> okay, the first is healing. And healing is defined as the process of making or becoming sound or healthy again, or restoration of health. These are not my definitions. They're ones that I looked up on the internet, um, you know, through dictionary.com, etc. So restoration of health, sound, uh, process of making or becoming sound and healthy again. Okay. And then ancestral, ancestral is defined as of, belonging to, inherited from, or denoting an ancestor or ancestors, or pertaining to ancestors. So when we put these two words together, ancestral healing, we could say, is the process of working with the inherited pain or wounding belonging to our ancestors and transmitted to us. And during this process, we restore the health of our ancestral lineages and ourselves. Now, ancestral healing can take many shapes and forms, and that can include conversations with our living loved ones about ancestral wounds and trauma previously hidden or unknown to us. That can include family's constellation work, which is a specific kind of methodology. That can include ritual ancestors work with the ancestral spirits to heal and restore lineage health on the psychic plane receiving healing messages from a psychic medium or your own intuition from deceased loved ones. That can include active dream work with ancestors who visit our dreams and may have messages. Historical ancestral research to restore and recover unknown stories. I also include in that bucket, you know, getting DNA testing done, which can help kind of give 
a greater story to uh, where we come from. And then patterns of recognition of beliefs, like pattern recognition of beliefs and thoughts and habits that are rooted in ancestral wounding and trauma. So in my personal client work with others, the ancestral healing work that I do includes ritual work, it includes dream work, intuitive messages, pattern recognition, and conversations with loved ones. But before we continue on kind of diving deeper into what is ancestral healing, I'm not done with my own story because this is where my story picks up. Hey there, Marcy here. Speaking of the power of healing, I believe at the center of all healing is a reconnection to our intuition, the seat of our inner truth and authenticity. Now, the question is, how do we do that? I would say that we learn how to hear and trust our inner voice. That's really what it comes down to. And I would love to invite you to watch my free masterclass, Hear Your Inner Voice, where I explore this topic and I explore the three main obstacles to hearing our intuition and how to address them. You will walk away with practical exercises and tips that you can start implementing right away. And those three obstacles that I notice the most are self-doubt, knowing the difference between fear and intuition, and discerning our own heart's guidance. You can watch this free masterclass now at marcymoberg.com forward slash masterclass. That's marcymoberg.com forward slash masterclass. I can't wait to share with you more. I realized that the bigness of what I felt around financial anxiety was not simply my own. I'd done my due diligence of work and therapy, inner child healing, self-care and soothing, and rational financial planning, lots of shadow work. There was no reason that finances should not should like cause me to lose sleep at this point. Like I was no longer in the place where, <clears throat> you know, I was in serious financial security questions and had like $30 in the bank and wondering how am I going to feed myself, etc. So one day while talking with my dad on the phone, I received an intuitive hit. I'd heard inside of myself, just tell him about your hunch that financial stress has ancestral roots and share about how finances still make you anxious after all these years. So that's exactly what I did. I told him how I still get very anxious about money despite all my efforts to heal and that while some of the anxiety shifted over the years, one portion would not budge. I spoke about how I get terrified I'll end up homeless if I don't meet a monthly uh, money goal and how even if I do, a part of me is convinced my financial security and safety is simply temporary. I shared that I was convinced this fear was not my own, like not simply my own. And then it had some ancestral connections to our past. I knew about my mom's family struggle with poverty, but I didn't know much about my father's ancestors. Did they struggle with finances too, I wondered. So what happened next was exactly what I needed. My dad told me he had the same anxiety too over the years and that our drive like that both he and I share to like work, 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 work was fueled by the same fears and so was my grandfather's. There we were, three generations of people overworking ourselves and terrified of what might happen if we didn't. 
My dad told me stories of foreclosure signs in the front yard as he grew up, terrified that they might lose their home over and over and over again. But not just any home, the home my grandfather built bit by bit with his own hands. And my dad spoke about times when my grandfather struggled to feed his family and had to go to his family members and loved ones to ask for any sort of financial support that he could pay back. And the devastating loss of my grandfather's business after all of his hard work taken down with the betrayal of a business partner. And he spoke about the day my grandfather called my dad up to have a special lunch. What was he excited to share? My grandfather wanted to tell my dad that he finally made the most money he'd ever made in his entire life. $60,000. But what was the cost? Two strokes along the way from his stress. It didn't stop there. Soon after my grandfather made this big bust, he had more strokes, never getting to enjoy the financial stability he struggled so hard to create and losing much of his functionality over a few weeks after his official retirement. And then there were the stories of my great-grandfather who struggled with keeping a roof over his family's head and turned to alcoholism after periods of job loss and extreme financial insecurity. And my dad, well, he struggled too. Early in my first years of life, driving down the road as a traveling salesman, literally throwing up out the window between sales meeting because he was so anxious, scraping by at times financially. And anxious he could, so like so anxious that he just could hardly keep it together. Wondering if he'd end up in a similar position to my grandfather. Suddenly it all made sense. The weight of panic without reason, the fear of the other shoe dropping when income dipped, like dipped down the, the sense that blessings were always temporary and the unsensible feeling of the brink of homelessness. Hearing some of my ancestors' stories lifted a weight from my shoulders, and while it didn't suddenly make all financial anxiety go away, it did give me the ability to recognize, recognize like, mine, not mine. Mine, not mine. Whenever fears of homelessness kind of came up for me. So in essence, recognizing mine, not mine, is one of the biggest ways um, to grant ourselves freedom as empaths and highly sensitive people because we're susceptible to fuzzy boundaries and diffuse energy, meaning like our energy's outside of us and we map to everything else in the world, we lose ourselves along the way. So when we learn how to sort through our inner feelings, our thoughts, our beliefs and sensations, to discover mine, not mine, it's easier to know what healing is ours to take on and what is ours to give back. Let's talk about how ancestral healing impacts our own healing. I would say that ancestral healing increases our self-compassion and self-acceptance, really softening the hard edges we have towards ourselves, recognizing in context what burdens are truly ours alone versus our ancestors. I feel like so often we just beat ourselves up and, um, and see ourselves in isolation and not in this greater web of where we come from. And when we do that, We can be really, really, really hard on ourselves. So I have found that ancestral healing can really increase our self-compassion and our self-acceptance. I've also found that it cultivates empathy for loved ones and their struggles because suddenly we recognize like the human side of those who hurt us or didn't quite show up for us in the way that we needed. And we know 
how they too were hurt along the way or let down. And while this does not excuse their behavior, you know, people need to take responsibility for their actions, it does provide context for it. And this kind of empathy over time, I find can really spark um, deep, authentic forgiveness. Another piece that comes from ancestral healing is ahas. So providing ahas, missing details, and connecting dots on how these like old patterns live in our bodies. You know, for example, the chronic pain in your right shoulder when you do too much, it finally makes sense. You recognize where it comes from. Or the nagging pain in your foot that emerges each time you feel lost. It has a greater story. Before we close, I really want to emphasize that successful ancestral healing work is nested within a process of personal healing. So the wounds we carry and the unhealthy patterns we repeat are influenced by our ancestors and sometimes our own stuff. And we have responsibility for our actions. So we need to take responsibility for that. And I have found that in my personal and professional work that our deepest healing is born from a combination of personal and ancestral focus. So that allows us to both include a focus on the individual and the wider web, um, providing context for both pieces. So don't skip the important shadow inner child and somatic work that sometimes is really uncomfortable, but extremely important because that's precisely, you know, I think what's like foundational to this ancestral work. It's not one or the other. It's how can we actually do both? And that's precisely why I infuse that inner work in all of my intuitive work with others. I really believe we need to um, pair this kind of inner shadow work along with our ancestral healing. So now I want to invite you just like consider what sticky patterns, fears, and stresses in your life might have ancestral roots. Where have you done really deep work and a pattern still won't budge? If it feels supportive, you could maybe open a conversation with one of your loved ones. This could be a caretaker, a parent, a grandparent, a sibling, or a cousin. And just share a bit about your lived experience with this pattern. And notice any connections that they might make to their own or the other loved ones that they know in your family and see what new stories emerge. You can learn a lot simply by having conversations. <laughs> I, I think that um, so many of us don't talk about these patterns that show up in our families, but there's something really beautiful that happens when we connect, um, when we connect vulnerably around them in a safe way. Okay. Did you love this episode as much as I did creating it? If so, I would want to invite you to share this episode with one friend. One of the easiest ways to share podcast episodes is to use the share button on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. Apps like these make it really easy to copy and share the link, or even simply share through a direct message to your loved one. I know this is my favorite way to share podcast episodes I love with friends. And this ensures that more people will benefit from the podcast. So I want to thank you in advance for spreading the inspiration. And if you feel really inspired by this episode and you feel like lit up, this is just, yes, this is like exactly what you needed to hear. Then maybe as a bonus, I want to invite you to share a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So Apple Podcasts for me seems to be the easiest platform to write reviews And it's where I share my shining words for all of my favorite podcasts whenever I can. 
So you can just simply search for the show, Tune In with Marcy, scroll to the bottom, and you'll see Write a Review. A really easy button that you can click under the current reviews, and you can share your words there. And in in light of that, I want to share a special thank you to Mrs. Uh, Lisa McLaughlin, who wrote the lightest five-star review. Lisa said, I've read Marcy's writings for years, but something about listening to her speak these topics really is my favorite way to digest her work. She goes deep on topics I find fascinating and also gives practical ways to explore very spiritual things. I've also done courses with her. She's wonderful to work with. I highly recommend checking out this podcast. Thanks again, Lisa, for your wonderful review. And again, if you feel inspired as a bonus to share a five-star review, I would be so grateful. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. Next week, we will wrap up this series focused on ancestors. If you have a question that's like fresh in your mind from the last several uh, episodes or even beyond that that you want to hear about, hear me talk about uh, related to ancestors, you can always um, message me them through the podcast link, marcymoberg.com forward slash podcast. At the bottom, you'll see um, an opportunity there to send in your questions. I already have a few that I'll be focusing on and answering next week. So to end, I will leave you with my personal mantra, being you takes courage. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me on my podcast, Tune In with Marcy. I hope you loved this episode and it enriches you as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, share your rating, and leave a review. Ideally, five stars. That way, more people can find this podcast, which would be wonderful. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at my website, www.marcymoberg.com. That's my first and last name.com. Until next time, remember, being you takes courage. Lots of love. 